greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I trust that you are all doing well where you are and where you are tuning in to this session. Uh, I know that actually as a world today we are facing a very critical season or a very difficult time. Uh, but I would just like to say this that as many of you might be challenged uh, both physically, uh, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. I would just like to encourage you as well that he who began a good work in you will see it to completion. He who was and is and is to come, our Lord Jesus Christ, I trust that he has begun a good work in us and will see it into completion. So today I would be talking around the topic of Pentecost and what took place on the day of Pentecost. As many of you are aware that today we are celebrating the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples as they were gathered in Jerusalem. But before I proceed, allow me to just pray and allow God to lead us into this session. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, King of Kings. We say, Lord, you are great. Lord, you are awesome. There is none like you, Lord, and there will never be any like you, O Father. From everlasting, O God, to everlasting, your faithfulness remains. And Lord, with everything that we are facing today, O God, we know that you are above all. We know that you can do all things. We know that you know the end from the beginning. We know, oh God, that you love us. And oh God, I pray that Lord, to each and everyone who will be listening or who is listening right now to the sound of my voice, that they be courageous, oh God, that they look at you, oh Father, as the author and the finisher of their faith. In the mighty name of Jesus, lead us into this session, oh God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And also, before I continue, allow me to just thank God for this opportunity to share with you and also the leadership of Cosmo City Church to giving, uh, for giving me this opportunity to be able to share with you on the day of Pentecost. Now, today we will be speaking around the topic of Pentecost as is the, it is the day of Pentecost. And where better off to start than in the book of Acts chapter number 2, where we see the day of Pentecost starting where everyone was gathered in the morning. But as we start, I will just go through the book of Acts from verse 1, Acts chapter number 2 from verse 1, as we go down to 4, I will stop it from 4 and then uh, speak around the prophetic part of it and also the fulfillment, which is on Acts chapter number 2. And thereafter, I will then speak about what it means for you and I going forward uh, with this. And the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter number 2, that verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. And that is verse 1. So verse 1, we see that, that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. Who are they that were gathered in one place? Those are the disciples 
the disciples, they are the ones who were gathered together on the day of Pentecost. Those who received and accepted Jesus Christ's teachings, the disciples were gathered in one place at the day of Pentecost. And then uh, when we look also into the Bible, the Bible says Jesus Christ came to die for the world. But the Holy Spirit, when we look into it, and when Jesus Christ introduces him to his disciples, he came as a promise to the disciples. So now we see Christ coming to the world to die for the world. And then we see now the Holy Spirit, which is coming as a promise to the disciples and not the world. And when Jesus introduced him in the book of John, chapter number 14, verse 17, he says, The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be with you or in you rather. And then when we go to Verse number two, it says, Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, this took place in Jerusalem as there was a command on the disciples that remain in Jerusalem until you receive the gift that will be coming from the Father, whom I will send to you. And that we find in the book of Acts chapter number 1 verse 4, when Jesus Christ was giving a command to his disciples that they should not leave Jerusalem, but remain in Jerusalem until the, the, the gift that was promised by the Father has come down. And then when we read that verse, it says, Suddenly a, a, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. Now, in Jerusalem, there were God-fearing Jews who were staying there. But here we see that the Holy Spirit is not going to each and every house in Jerusalem, but it is going to a house that was the, uh, occupied by the disciples at the time. Uh, already there, we get to see that it's a confirmation to us that the Holy Spirit is not a promise to the world. It's not a promise to people, but it is a promise to the disciple of Jesus Christ. But not just people, not just the world, not people because of they know God or they speak about God, but people who are disciples of Christ Jesus. And then we move on to now verse 3. And verse 3 reads as follows. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now, this speaks to us as believers today, that each and every one of us who is a believer or a disciple to Christ must receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As we see here on verse number three, it says that to each and every one of them, the tongue separated and it rested on them. So it was not that it rested on one person. This speaks to us as believers today that each and every one of us must be 
in a place where we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. For he is the one who works in us and renew us from within. And then when we quickly go to number four, it says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now here on verse number four, we begin to see the manifestation. We begin to see the works of the Holy Spirit on people. So as they were speaking in tongues, that is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there are many manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but here in the book of Acts chapter number 2 verse 4, it highlights them speaking in tongues. And then when we go back to the book of Acts chapter number 1, Jesus Christ said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So here on on verse number 4 of chapter number 2, we begin to see now the manifestation, the enablement of the Holy Spirit, things that they could not do on their own, but when the Holy Spirit comes, they begin to do. Some of this we will cover as we actually talk about what it means for you and I, but I will just quickly want to cover on my side in this topic the prophetic part of it. And then the fulfillment part of it, which is, yes, in the book of Acts chapter number two. And then lastly, I would also want to cover what it means for you and I uh, to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, all this took place at the day of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit and filling the disciples. But it was not just something that just started there. Uh, There was a prophetic word that was spoken. I will just highlight two of those uh, chapters or scriptures that were speaking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And uh, firstly, I would like to go to the book of Joel, uh, chapter number 2, verse 28 to 32. And it reads as follows. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on, in those days. I will show wonders in heaven, in the heaven on, and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Amen. Here in the book of Joel, chapter number 2, from verse 28 to 32, we see that there was a prophetic word that was spoken or that was actually said by the Lord himself that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And here... This is the prophetic word that we see manifesting in the book of Acts chapter number 2. And also, another prophetic word that I would like to uh, touch on is actually in Matthew 
chapter number 3, verse 11. And this was actually uh, John speaking. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. So already we see that what took place in the book of Acts chapter number 2 was prophesied long ago. It is not just something that came about without any prophetic word. It's not just something that came about without being promised to the disciples. We even see Jesus Christ himself comforting his disciples that he will not leave them, but he will send a helper that will come and be with them at all times. So what happens here in the book of Acts chapter number two, it is the prophetic that was being fulfilled. Now, moving on to the fulfillment of the actually uh, prophetic, which is, yes, in verse chapter, uh, chapter number two, verse one, we have touched upon. Verse one, we have addressed, we have went through uh, up to verse number four. But there is more there that we get to see. Because now, as they were speaking in tongues, uh, every God-fearing Jew that was in the, in Jerusalem at the time, they heard the sound and in bewilderment, they came together to see what was happening. And this all, this took place in the morning of this day that we call the Pentecost. Uh, it took place in the morning. So when people came, they began to see the wonders of God. They began to experience the wonders of God. Some were hearing uh, their own language being spoken. But when they look at the people who were speaking, they were not people who know those languages. When they looked at people who were speaking, they were not people who are familiar with those languages. But because of the enablement of the Holy Spirit, uh, then we begin to see the manifestation. We begin to see the wonders. And then they all now were in awe. They were amazed. How come can we hear this man in awe? All our languages. When we go down in uh, chapter number two, we get to see that all the languages uh, that they were speaking, it, it even posed the question to them that, aren't these the Galileans? Why then are we hearing them in our own languages? Remember, at the time, Jerusalem was a place where all the God-fearing Jews would come and worship, would come and gather and praise the Lord. But at this time, what took place there was the fulfillment that we see when it was being spoken about in Joel and also in the book of Matthew by Job. And then here, as they were amazed uh, about that, uh, Peter then stood up and says, no, uh, what you are seeing here is just the works of God. What you are seeing here is just the wonders of God. And then he began to explain to them about how it was prophesied. And then when he starts, he speaks uh, in the book of actually uh, chapter number 16. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And we have covered that part ourselves, that this is what was spoken by Prophet Joel. It was not just something that happened out of nowhere, but God foretold about it. God spoke about it. And the disciples were promised this day about Jesus. Uh, Jesus Christ promised them this day that they should not leave Jerusalem, but wait upon the promise that was coming from God. 
And then we see Peter now begins to address the people there. He speaks about how it was prophesied. He speaks about how the people then dealt with Jesus Christ, whom is the Messiah, and how they crucified him. And at this, uh, we, 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 we get to uh, the book of Acts chapter number 2, verse 38, when now people begin to ask uh, Peter, what then shall we do? And then Peter replied to them in verse chapter, uh, chapter number 2, verse 38. And it reads as follows. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here is just another confirmation that we get to see, that the promise of the Holy Spirit is for the disciples of Jesus Christ. Here we get to see the God-fearing Jews uh, after hearing the message of Peter, but they were not actually in a place or they were not uh, at a place where they had received Christ. So Peter says to them, repent and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then you will be able to receive this gift. So this gift is not a promise to God-fearing people, this gift is not a promise to the world, but it is a gift that is promised to the disciple. Jesus Christ said, I will send you another helper, another helper that will come and help you, and then the world will not accept him. And then when we go to chapter, uh, verse 39, it reads as follows, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many words, with many other words, he warned them and, and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And then 41, it says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So here we see that the fulfillment began in verse 1 when the disciples, about 120 of them, received the promise of God. But now when we go down to verse number 41, we see that about 3,000 were added to their number because of the preaching that was preached by Peter and also uh, 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 the, the, the other words that he added on himself that the Bible does not, does not state here, but it just says with many other words, he warned them. And then they get to a point where there was a piercing in their heart, which is the work of the Holy Spirit that we are seeing here. That's another manifestation of the Holy Spirit that we are seeing here. It's not visible to the eye, but we see it here in verse number uh, 41, after they've actually come to a place where they realize that what they've done is wrong, they ask Peter, what then shall we do? And Peter say, repent and receive Christ and be baptized and you will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. So already we see that the gift of the Holy Spirit, it is a promise to the believers and not to the world. Christ came for the world, but the Holy Spirit is a gift 
for those who believe in him, who were sent for the world. And then quickly, I will also touch uh, on what it means for you and I. What does this uh, day mean for you and I? The day of Pentecost. What, what did it symbolize? What does it uh, outline for you and I going forward? Uh, Jesus Christ in Acts chapter number one, uh, as he was actually commanding his uh, disciples, he says, uh, do not leave Jerusalem and, and you will receive actually the gift and then when he goes forward uh, down uh, on that verse, on that chapter, he talks about you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses uh, starting from Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. So these people had an instruction that do not leave Jerusalem, but wait in Jerusalem for the gift. And then when the gift came, they were there in Jerusalem waiting upon the gift which was promised. And then when they received the gift, they then received power. And then the power that they received, we see it also manifesting as they were beginning now to witness about God. And they began to witness about God firstly in Jerusalem where they were and from 120, the Bible says about 3,000 were added to their number. Already we see the works of God, that this is not now the works of men. This is what was promised by God, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And these 3,000 that were added to them on that day, these are the disciples from all all around the world. The Bible states that God-fearing Jews from all around the world or all around the nations under heaven would come to Jerusalem. So here we see the fulfillment of the power of God and just what God can do with 120 on one day he added 3,000. And also, uh, when we look into what Jesus Christ said about the Holy Spirit, uh, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said that uh, in the book of John, number, uh, chapter number 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. To you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. So already here we see that Christ going away was paving a way for the Holy Spirit to come. Christ going away was paving a way for us to be at an advantage for receiving this helper that will be with us and within us. Each and every one of us as disciples, uh, wherever we are around the world. So here the promise of God as we see it being fulfilled and then we are put at an advantage on our side. What does that advantage mean? Uh, to many of us we don't realize this but this is an advantage that we carry as believers. This is an advantage that we carry as, 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 as sons of God. Because one of the advantages that we get is also the confirmation by the Holy Spirit. He testifies to us that we are the sons of God. We are the sons of God, the children of God. Uh, already we, are con uh, con we have a confirmation from the Holy Spirit that 
you are the son of God. What advantage is this uh, uh, Jesus Christ talking about here? He's talking about an advantage of being renewed from the inside, being transformed within the inner man, being regenerated. This is the advantage that he is talking about, that things that used to have control over us, now today we are no longer governed by them, but we are living life according to the Spirit. We are living life that is led by the Holy Spirit. And then, He speaks as well uh, about the Holy Spirit being a helper to us. And that is in John chapter number 16 again, as we read from 13 to 15. And it reads as follows. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he receive what he make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what I make known. I will, sorry, what he will make known to you. So already here, we see that Another manifestation of the Holy Spirit in us is to help us or lead us into all truth. Is to lead us into a place where we know what we don't know. It is it's to lead us into the place that we are able to connect and receive from the throne. Because now he says here that he will make known to you what he receives from me. Already we see that the Holy Spirit, when he speaks, he's not speaking on his own authority, but he's speaking on the authority that he receives. So this is another advantage that we actually uh, get to experience, that he is our helper. He leads us into all truth. He guides us into all truth. And he tells us also of the things that are yet to come, things that are yet to happen. Why? So that we are not found wanting when we experience hard times. So that we are not found wanting when we go through seasons that we do not uh, we do not uh, understand or foresee. So already we see that a helper will tell us of the things to come, and when he comes, he helps us in those lines. And that's one of actually uh, the advantages uh, that we have. There are many manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as we see also in the book of Joel, God speaks about them as actually uh, you will see visions, uh, you will uh, dream dreams. Those are other manifestations of the Holy Spirit that we get to see. And also going forward, it is through the Holy Spirit that we receive the power. We receive also other gifts that come as the uh, as the gift that we receive from the Holy Spirit, when we talk about when we talk about the gift of healing, the gift of uh, teaching, the gift of encouraging, and so on, those are the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit. So this Holy Spirit that came down on the day of Pentecost is to put you and I on an advantage. This Holy Spirit that we receive on the day of Pentecost, it is to allow you and I to be in 
constant relationship with the Father. This Holy Spirit is to help us to walk faithfully with the Father. This Holy Spirit that we received is not to condemn us, but to convict us as well as we walk outside of the path that the Lord has prepared for us. So this is an advantage that was promised to the disciples. And this is what it means for you and I, that we have an advantage. We have an advantage when it comes to understanding. We have an advantage when it comes to doing things as we are led by the Spirit of God. We have an advantage of knowing even the things that other people don't know. Why? Because the Holy Spirit tells us of the things to come. So we need to cry out for the Holy Spirit to fill us as it did on the day of Pentecost. This day symbolized a lot of things for us. Even the preaching of the gospel began on this day. This day symbolizes a lot of things for us that they were not supposed to leave uh, Jerusalem until they received the gift. So if the gift had not come for another 20 years, they were going to remain in Jerusalem uh, in for that 20 years for the gift to be received. But because we see God beginning a great thing, we see God doing wonders. He, after 50 days of the Passover and 10 days after the the ascension of Jesus Christ, we see this uh, day coming true. We see this fulfillment where the people now are filled with the Holy Spirit and which also symbolizes the beginning of the work that we see today, the preaching of the gospel. And it started from Jerusalem and it went all in all uh, Judea and in all Samaria. But where it all began, it was in Jerusalem. And also for me, this day of Pentecost, on its own, it has actually a distinct that we sort of like move from the physical. We have to be in a supernatural realm to get to understand what really took place on that day. For there are other days that we celebrate as Christians and the world joins in. When we talk about the Passover, yes, people celebrate some, they say it's Easter and so on. When we talk about the birth of Christ, as everyone in the world celebrates some, they call it festive season. But here, when we come to the day of Pentecost, we see now a distinction that happens. Not everyone knows about this, but the believers. Not everyone celebrates this, but the believers. So now that is a distinction that also Christ mentioned, that the world cannot accept him because it neither knows him nor sees him. It is for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is for every believer that we must be filled and carry the Holy Spirit for us to be able to carry out the mandate that we receive from heaven, not the mandate that we receive from the world. For our mandate is not from uh, uh, the world, but our mandate it is from heaven. Even us, we are no longer of the world, but we are of the heavens. Christ says that uh, we are not of this world, but we are in this world, and we will we receive the Holy Spirit so that he can help us in these times, so that we we are succeeding so that we are moving the gospel, so that we are being true witnesses of the gospel. Without the Holy Spirit, you are a witness that carries no evidence. But with the Holy Spirit, you are a witness that carries evidence. Before, when the manifestation 
takes place. For when the manifestation comes, the witness now is delivering the witness that they, the, the evidence that they say they carry. And I believe with the Holy Spirit, we are those witnesses who have the evidence. And let us continue to thirst. Let us continue to hunger. Can I just pray for us? as well before I close that we be filled with the Holy Spirit that we desire more of the Holy Spirit Heavenly Father we thank you Lord we thank you Jesus we thank you O King of Kings as we give you all honor as we give you all the praises O God we say you are worthy O Father you are faithful O God Lord we cannot just speak of your Holy Spirit Lord and not experience your feeling O Father I pray to each and every one who is under the sound of my voice, O oh God, wherever they are, O oh God, that move in their life, O oh Father, move in their life, O oh God, move in their life, O oh Jesus, fill them up, O oh God. Fill them up with your spirit of truth, O oh God, that they may know, O oh Father, that they are more than, that they may know, O oh Father, that they belong in the kingdom of heaven that they may know oh God that they are from above that they may know oh God that they are to bring down your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven oh God in the mighty name of Jesus I thank you Lord for your faithfulness I thank you Lord for you are true I thank you Lord that as we are receiving more of your spirit oh God we will not be witnesses oh father with who does not carry evidence oh God we will not be witnesses that just as send or, or go on the on the stand but no evidence to produce oh God but we will be witnesses that produces evidence oh God as the Holy Spirit is ministering on us oh Father as Holy Spirit is manifestation is manifesting on us oh Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus I pray oh God and I proclaim even going forth Lord that we will continue to be in your presence we will continue to hunger for you we will continue to desire and thirst for the filling of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. May God be with you.